This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Shane, let's talk about rules today. Yay. Not anyone's favorite topic, I know, but we've got something really weird going on here in Pensacola having to do with high school baseball. So we had a rule that got broken in a district semifinal game where a 15 to 16 year old pitcher pitched too many pitches. The rules committee has come back and said that because this happened, they can't go on to the championship game, but the team they played can't go on to the championship game either because they lost on the field. So we have an uncontested champion who was a lower seed to begin with. And a lot of people are upset about this. You know, people are saying, okay, well, this team cheated. We should have the opportunity to get to go to the championship. And then some people are saying, well, it shouldn't matter because you lost on the field. And so it's really interesting, this whole thing that's going on in this area about rules when it comes to high school baseball. Man, I have so much to say about this. I don't even know where to start. First of all, probably in the minority on this, but like, I hate the pitch count. I get that there's some abuse out there and I I don't like the pitch count at all. Hall of Famer Steve Carlton, left-handed pitcher for the Phillies, I think late 60s to the 80s. He was strikeout record holder at one point in time first or second in history in as left-handed pitcher, but he's quoted as saying, you know, we used to throw 100 pitches for warm-up, and then we would go out and throw 200 pitches in the game. So if I remember right, the pitch count limit for 15 and 16-year-olds, which this was a sophomore pitcher, is 95. So according to Steve Carlton, he's not even warm yet, and he's hit his pitch limit. If you believe Steve Carlton is right, then okay, you know, just a little bit of a a side note. So that's one thing for me that, that again, I may be in the minority on is, do we have this right? Do we have the pitch count right? Because he he Um, pitched 112 pitches. He pitched 112, but but 95 is the limit. The other thing is, is somebody had to point this out. Obviously, the losing team. There was a Karen somewhere. There's a Karen somewhere in here. Uh, what's the male equivalent to a Karen? A Dave. Do we have that? Yes. A Dave? It's a Dave. Yeah. Really? I did not know that. So my bet is it's a Dave because I'm got this, I've got this visual of the dads hanging out down the right field or left field line, foul line, leaned over the fence. It's just... There are some sports mamas. There are baseball mamas out there. They are. I mean, there are there t-shirts are. that say, you know, you're I mean, from Northeast Louisiana when your mama has been thrown out of the ballpark. I get it. And I know, but, and I know this, baseball mamas and softball mamas are different. I'm just telling you, they're different breeds. Go and go ahead and say it. My wife, that's a statement from my wife. You can always tell a baseball mom from a softball mom. So anyway, somebody had to tattle on this because I don't know, does the umpire not know it? Do they have a visual pitch counter? Does the, does the umpire know this? Does the scorekeeper, I mean, this is a playoff game, right? So this, this is the district tournament or or whatever championship. I just feel like the funny, I don't know that it's funny because I feel bad for the kids, but the irony of it is that you turned this team in for breaking this rule and throwing 17 more pitches than they were supposed to. And you thought that was going to win you the game due to forfeit. And then you don't get to play the game because you're being told by the rules officials that you lost on the field to the team that broke the rules. So you're out too. That is a moment. Wow. Okay. So you're being punished for tattling. So that's the other piece here that's very interesting to me that I really, really hate for the players. I I hate it for the kids because I have this suspicion that this is all about adults getting involved. So how does this apply to the independent insurance world? 
We're not very good at rules. Because if we um, were good at rules, we would do something else. Probably. <laughs> we would probably be exclusive agents or captive agents because there's rules there, right? And really, that's there's rules, right? We're in a, we're in a regulated industry, so let me backtrack just a little bit there. We, yes, we know how to follow the law, and we know how to follow insurance code, and they're underwriting guidelines. And yes, we know how to follow those types of rules. But what I mean is we're not really good at setting rules around ourselves and parameters about what we should be writing and the types of business that we take on and and how many different things we get into. That's why you see a lot of jack of all trade, master of none, generalist out there. It's not necessarily great for our businesses from a profitability standpoint, but it makes us feel good and we don't like saying no. And so we have a hard time creating rules or parameters around ourselves. However, we're kind of like the Dave or the Karen when it comes to telling on others, especially in the commercial realm. You find out you're after an account and this this other agent that has this account is not classifying the code right, is not reporting payroll right or the sales revenue right on a non-auditable account or something along that nature and or even on an audited account just to get the business. An agent that's after that account is going to point that out. Man, this this dude, this gal, she's falsifying an application. We're real quick to do that. We're, we're very good at policing each other. We're not very good on our end at following the rules. So we actually parallel this story pretty well. So why do we need rules for ourselves? I think we need rules for ourselves because... There's no one there in reality to guide us, to hold us accountable to something. Independent agencies get to do really kind of whatever they want to do when it comes to the type of business they want to write. Don't tell me I can't do that kind of attitude. You tell an independent agent they can't do something and they're going to laugh at you. That's just the nature of who we are. Now, you shouldn't do that. It's going to cause you pain. And when I say pain, I mean your book of business, your your service, your, you're going to have a lot of problems out of that account. Uh, I saw an agent in a Facebook group the other day say, just walk away. After an agent had put in there, I've got such and such risk. It does this. Wait for it. They also do this. And another agent jumped in really quick and was like, just walk away, man. Just walk away. We are so drawn to that problem account for some reason at least until it bites us. And when it bites us, we're pretty good at remembering, hey, ooh, don't do that, right? So obviously that agent that's saying walk away, just walk away, man, that agent has been bit a couple of times. I don't know that for a fact, but I promise you they've had a struggle. There's a phrase that you use when we're talking about rules, the concept of buy-in versus enforcement. And so when we're working with our employees or working with partners and we have these ideas and it's one of those things is do, do we have the relationship relationship to create buy-in or do we want to be the enforcer of a rule? We look at things from the outside that way. But it's so interesting that when we look at ourselves, do we have buy-in for these rules or do we try to put some kind of self-enforcement thing in place? And that's what I see most people try to do. They do. It's kind of like my workout schedule. I don't want to get up. I don't want to go do that. I don't want to get up early. I don't want to go do this. I can create some rules around that. But unless I have someone there to go meet and be accountable to, no one can force me to do that. I'm going to choose enrollment if I have a partner that's going to be my accountability piece. 
if I choose enforcement, that means like I'm going to be mad at myself. Who's going to enforce this on me? And I think about my wife as an example here, who's been a, a running, now walking, but running, walking exercise queen for 20 plus years. They're walking now. They started out running and they've run some half marathons and they've done, they've done some really cool things. But she has a walking partner that she has had for, I know it's over 20 22, 23 range. They have been meeting each other at 5 a.m. in the morning, which means they get up at 4.30 for that period of time, for that long, around four days a week. There is no way either one of them is still doing this today if they're alone. There's just no way because most people don't have that type of discipline or willpower to do that by themselves. That's just the fact. But the fact that these two individuals, these two women, have been each other's accountability partner around this exercise, they have been doing it, and there's no end in sight. They're not going to quit doing this unless one of them moves. We're not moving. So I don't think the other one's moving. So I think unless they move away from each other, they're doing this, I guess, until one of them dies. I mean, not to be morbid about it, but I mean, until one of, their, one of them can't do it anymore, I don't see this ever changing. I think that's beautiful, like dynamically crazy, awesome stuff, because that's what we're missing as independent agents a lot of times is we don't have that. We don't have that person as agency owners. That's what we're missing. And until you find that, there's this struggle. There's this struggle to continue to repeat. But looking at an industry as a whole, I don't see that's the case. It's not. Now we have pockets and there's newer, less experienced agents that don't know any better that are coming in and these pockets of sharing and partnership and helping each other. Groups, agency groups, agency networks are forming these traits like like our group. We're seeing that. They've taught me so much. I said that at our conference. I've been taught so much by these individuals that came from this other background where sharing and helping each other was natural. It was more of a fraternal kind of environment. I love it. My early days in the industry is you don't really talk to other agents. You can't really get help from other agents, independent agents. They're not going to share their secret. It's like talking to the guy that's catching all the fish. You know, you can ask him where his fishing spot is, but he's not going to tell you. He's probably going to lie to you and say, he, oh, yeah, no, I had to go way up on the north end of the lake. Stay away from the south end of the lake probably need to go south because he's lying to you. This is that environment that comes to mind of what I felt like in some of those early years. That camaraderie didn't exist. And I was one of those really ignorant guys that would try to ask those questions and get laughed out of the room, so to speak. And that's starting to change and it needs to change. The enemy is not within. The enemy is not the other independent agency. The enemy, the battlefield and the sort of competitive game that we're playing inside the industry from a personal lines perspective is the direct and captive channel as an independent agency. The enemy isn't the fellow independent agency. That's just not the reality of what exists out there. Which is why we started IA Forward. Yes. Because we want the independent agency channel to be successful. We want new agents to be successful. We want to share information because we love what we do. That's why we're doing this is to share all the secrets. We love this industry. We love this channel. 
you know, specifically within the industry, the choice channel. We think it wins, so we want to share. This is actually different from the way I was raised. I've always been fairly open. I hope I'm not like the guy that people are afraid to tell a secret to. I hope I'm not that guy, but, you know, I've been fairly open and I've always, you know, been willing to share something that's working, talk about something and, and say, you know, that's, man, that may be a better way of doing it. Let's talk about that. I am always searching to learn something from my fellow agents. I hope that the channel as a whole continues to migrate this direction of sharing, this direction of accountability within that. That gets really exciting. I get really kind of geeked out around the idea of our channel coming together and helping each other. So let's get back to rules. I love the story you always tell about your dad and the boat. Yeah, so the, the best two days of a boat owner, the day he buys it and the day he sells it. It goes back to, you know, boat stands for break out another thousand. That's right. So this story, and my dad was a banker. Uh, we were in the same building, but separate office spaces, separate suites. And so the insurance, the insurance agency had a, had a separate entrance, but dad, his office had a door that went into the bank and he had a door that went into the insurance agency. Those doors would stay open to both businesses most of the time. So just to set the tone here, the customer came, they always come into the bank first. Now there's no common ownership here. Just to be clear, dad was a part of the bank and he owned the agency, but he always kept that line. And so when a customer would come in to, to borrow some money, this customer would come in and it was like, oh, Mr. Rex, this boat is my... This is what I've been saving up for. I gotta, I really gotta have this loan. All these things. It, because without Mr. Rex, this boat's not getting bought. And all his banking relationship is with this bank in this town, our small town. And there is just this buttering up of Mr. <laughs> Rex. And I know this. I hear it. I hear this conversation. And I'm the insurance agent next door. As dad always did, I'll just, let's just call him Joe. Hey, Joe, appreciate your business. My loan secretary will get your paperwork fixed up. Happy to help. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is going to be the best thing ever. I'm going to enjoy this. Walks out of the bank, walks in the door of the insurance agency. And immediately I have this visual of the Tasmanian devil because dad had said, hey, you will need to carry insurance on this because of the loan. You can go wherever you want, but Huntington Insurance is next door. If you're interested, my son Shane's over there. He'll, he'll help you out. He comes in the door and his Tasmanian devil reincarnated right there and just goes into this foul mood. I am trying to help him. And his policy at the time, I mean, it was like 90 bucks a year. I mean, this, I'm going way back. I mean, it was so cheap and I got him fixed up and you would have thought I was charging him $90,000 a year on premium for this boat. And I just paralleled in my mind this banker versus insurance mindset. And I'm like, I, I don't get it. You got to be kidding me. And it's the rule of you have to get this boat insurance, but I need this loan from you. And so once that rule of you have to carry this insurance, it was so crazy vivid to me. And I'm sitting here going, you know, wow, that's the difference between a banker. We would laugh at this and talk about this for for years to come, mandates seem to put people over the edge and push people into a whole nother personality mode. And I think that, that applies sometimes to our attitude as independent agents too. It's my business. I'm going to do business my way. And then when these rules pop up, then people have these reactions that may not be pleasant. 
such a hard topic because I love the entrepreneurship of the independent agency channel. I love the fact that an independent agent can decide how they want to build their agency. I love that. And they can build their agency different than the next guy. They can be a mile apart and have two totally different types of agency. I think that the thing that keeps coming back around is that even though that's the case, it's really hard to be jack of all trades. That's the part where we're confusing mandates and rules with best practices. That's a term we would use a lot, best practices. Hey, this is the best practice. Why is it the best practice? Well, because all the people doing it this way are really successful and all the people ignoring that, they're kind of struggling. That's not a mandate. That's not saying, hey, you have to do it this way. That's saying, hey, you know, there's a best practice for this. If you're going to be a personal lines, you're going to have a big personal lines department or be a personal lines focused agency. Maybe you shouldn't try to be both a preferred agency and a non-standard agency at the same time. Best practice says don't do that. Now, can you do that? Is there a rule against doing that? No, there is not. And so now we're back to that self-imposed rule. So I like best practices over you have to. So two minute warning. What's our takeaway from today? Think about it in terms of best practices because we do not like rules. Business owners do not like being told what they have to do. And I concur. I think that breaks the spirit of the channel. However, I do want agents to think about best practice mindset. What do those who have done this and have been successful with this say is the best way to do it for success. I think that's critical and I think that's important. And I think that's where we should land that keeps our entrepreneurial spirit engaged, but also gives us a path that we can be successful for. So I'm going to leave us today with this thought from Steve Carlton, going back to your opening. You've got to find a way to get out of your own way so you can progress in life. Attitude's a choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.